And we are right back at it indeed and ready to rock and roll here on the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Hour, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You know the number to call through and talk. Get your questions answered. Lots of stuff to cover on the show today. We'll get to some emails. That is help at employmenthour.com. Anytime you want to reach out, uh, when we're not on the air, by the way, it's one 821 5900 workplace problems that you can try and resolve yourself and how to do it we'll get to that in just a little bit as well pal but uh, first week that was what is going on hey uh, johnny beginning uh, of this week was really busy it's been busy throughout and uh, i'm very happy about it because this is the uh, this is the thing that i enjoy doing answering questions talking about employment law and hope hopefully Solving a lot of problems. Uh, it's uh, it's unfortunate that that people have workplace problems, but it's the reality. Uh, the good news is, in most cases, those, those problems are easily uh, solved. So, if you're listening to us, if you have a workplace issue, concern, or you just want to learn about your workplace rights, you right. you're, you've tuned into the right show. We're here doing this every single uh, week. We're on TV as well. We're all over the place. We, you can't miss us. So uh, stay stay tuned. And if you want to reach out to me privately to talk about your matter because uh, you, you need some help, not a problem. That contact information is going to be given out a number of times throughout the show. So, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but week there was a couple situations that came across my desk. As I said, it's been a busy start to the week. Uh, first situation, I spoke with a gentleman who uh, found himself in a frustrating situation because uh, he uh, had the scheduled day, days off, of course, like m- many of us do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he worked uh, uh, irregular days, but he had every, uh, every few days off, except on his days off, his employer still expected him to, to be uh, accessible, to answer calls, and to get back to people, and, and sometimes even get back to customers. And he found that very frustrating, and when he did not do that, he got disciplined. And in fact, very recently, he got a letter saying that if you continue not to be responsive, then we're going to let you go for cause. Wow. And he, he called me, and he wanted to know, well, what gives here? This, these are my days off. I'm not getting paid for them. So why am I going to be disciplined for not working on my days off? Well wow you said and of course wow is the answer here it's a it's absurd <laughs> uh, not only can he not be made to work for him then to be disciplined for not working that's silly and i wanted to make this very very clear if you have days off you don't have to work now if you choose to work that's up to you i'll, I'll leave it uh, in your hands but if you don't work you can't be disciplined you can't be threatened the employer can't demand that you that you answer if it's your day off if it's a scheduled day off, you don't get paid for it, you cannot be made to work. And just by requiring you to work, by giving you work when you're supposed to be off work, that in itself could be a constructive dismissal, by the way. So not only is he not doing anything wrong by not uh, by not working, his employer is the one doing something wrong by trying to discipline him. If he was to be let go because of this, this would be a wrongful dismissal. So a very clear, simple reminder for everyone, employees, employers, that if an employee is off work, that employee is allowed to be off work, whether it's a vacation day, whether it's, a, it's a simply a day that the employee is not working. You can't make the employee work, and if the employee, in fact, doesn't work, like most of us won't want to, well, then that's their prerogative. They cannot be disciplined, John. If that employee is kind of sort of recently made a habit of working on his day off anyway, then is it can it become some sort of implied term, or it still doesn't matter? You know, it's probably not a good precedent to set. It right. really isn't. 
if you're off work and your employer requires you to, to come to come in or to do work and you do it it's it's it makes it a, the situation where it's then difficult to pull back from it so not a good idea to start that precedent not to, to set that precedent if it's your day off if you don't want to work tell your employer that they can't do anything to you if they do or try to you give me a call 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell and one talk That is toll-free to call into this radio show now and ask your questions about that or any other topic when it comes to your employment, your job, your boss, your workplace in general. Uh, what else you got going on for the week that was, pal? I uh, spoke with a, a lady who had found herself the, the victim of uh, workplace harassment, actually sexual harassment uh, in the workplace. Uh, there was a particular gentleman who uh, made inappropriate comments to her and would make a point to to touch her in inappropriate ways, would you know, hug her, and in doing so would you know, touch her in places you shouldn't be touching. Very uncomfortable, very inappropriate, and and, and wrong on on so many levels. Well, uh, she did the right thing. Uh, well, other than punching him in the face, uh, which she didn't, <laughs> thankfully, she yeah. went and she spoke. She spoke with HR, and she she even sent them a note saying. You know, this is happening. Uh, this is unacceptable. I'm very comfortable. Please do something about it. Well, what HR did is they said, okay, good. We'll, we'll implement a, a policy. We'll put it in place a policy that makes it clear what what conduct is acceptable. By the way, they should have already had that policy. But beyond that, they've implemented a policy. Beyond that, John, they didn't do anything. And guess what? Nothing changed. Uh, she was still being harassed, mistreated, uh, put in this very uncomfortable situation, and uh, she she it was stressing her out. She didn't want to go to work. Uh, she was losing sleep about uh, about it. So it was a bad situation. And she called me frustrated. What do I do? Well, she did the right thing. She gave her employer the opportunity to fix the problem, but yeah. they didn't. They they try to put a bandaid on something that required much more than that. It doesn't work that way. An employer has an obligation to take measures to fix this type of problem. It's a serious issue. Now, even though it's not the company's fault that she is being harassed, it's their fault for knowing about it and not doing something about it. Gotcha. That's the problem. And because of that, that's a human rights violation, potentially. It's a constructive dismissal. She should not have to be the victim of harassment. And the same thing applies to anyone out there listening as well. If you're being harassed or mistreated in any way, you don't have to take it. You should tell the company, give them the opportunity to fix the problem because that's their legal obligation. And by the way, that doesn't just apply to sexual harassment. It applies to non-sexual harassment as well. And if the company doesn't fix the problem, call me. Let me get you out of there. Let me get you the compensation that you're owed. You shouldn't have to suffer and and be harassed. You want to reach out, by the way, when the show's not on air, either Monday night, Wednesday night, the weekend shows, or Employment Hour 30, which happens, uh, by the way, on CTV and Global TV uh, weekend mornings as well. Just help at employmenthour.com is the email address. We'll get to some of those tonight. And one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to reach out, get a hold of Lior and uh, the rest of the team. So workplace problems that you can try and resolve yourself and how to do it um this we i don't think we've actually in all the years that we've covered this show have done an in-depth uh, <laughs> segment on this on this particular topic it's kind of cool it is and you know oftentimes workplace pro- workplace problems are the types of problems sometimes that you need some help resolving you know mm-hmm. you need to, to give me a call let me do what i do to help resolve but there are situations there are common workplace uh situations that you may find yourself where you can actually solve the problems yourself so i'm going to talk about how to do that when to do it and how to if, how to react if you find yourself in a difficult situation how you can uh, solve that problem on your own 
Well, your first or at least your second uh, week that was kind of you know flows nicely into our first one. That is uh, harassment by a boss or colleague, right? That's right. And and the, when you're being harassed, when you're being mistreated, when someone is putting you in a situation that you shouldn't be in, you can resolve that by giving the company the opportunity to, to eradicate that problem. You have the, the power to trigger that obligation mm-hmm. on the employer's part. And you do that by, by telling the employer about it and make sure that it's in writing. You always want to have a record of it. The thing is this. A few years ago, uh, the law changed and, and law made it clear on employers that you now have an active duty to prevent harassment. And if you know about harassment employer, you have to investigate and take measures. So the employer oftentimes may say, oh, we didn't know. Well, that's why you have the power to let the company know, to inform the company. And by doing that, the company, if it meets its legal obligation, will solve that problem. So you can actually deal, in most cases, with workplace harassment yourself. Now, if you've tried to do that and nothing got done, hopefully that that's that's the rare occasion. But if you've tried it and the company still doing do anything, well, then you have to call me. Then you have to get me involved, and I, uh, either I can I uh, give the company a, a kick in the butt, so to speak, and get them to uh, uh, do what they're supposed to, or I can get you out of there. But the first step is to try to resolve it yourself. In most cases, you can let HR know, let the company owner, let someone in power know what's happening, put that in writing, and put the obligation on them to solve the problem. Is it the same formula if the person you would normally report to is the one doing the harassing? Well, as long as you have someone else to complain to, obviously you're not going to complain to the person that's being that's harassing you that they're harassing you. But if there's someone above them or there's HR, HR always works, then you go to that person. Now, if there isn't, maybe it's the owner of the company that's harassing you and there's really no one else to, to complain to, then, yeah, you do have to deal with that externally. But if, in fact, there is someone you can talk to, someone more senior or HR, that's always the place to go to, John. To call in, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Make your call now before we get uh, too busy and we uh, we might miss you. So 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. The option of one 225 talk toll-free is there as well. We're talking about workplace problems that you can try and resolve yourself. Or it's always there if you can't, but you can try them on yourself and how to do it. Next one is overtime issues. That's right. When it comes to overtime, uh, remember the rule that that, uh, you get paid overtime if you work more than 44 hours a week. If anything more than 44, you get paid time and a half, and your company has to pay it. Now, some companies don't realize that. Some companies may think that uh, if you work work more than uh, 44 hours, you still get overtime if you're on salary. So salaried employees don't get it. They think that's wrong. Or some employers may think, we only pay overtime if we ask you to work overtime. Remember, that is not the case. That is not the case. You have to get paid overtime even if the company did not ask you to work it. If you worked it, they have to pay for it. So you can oftentimes resolve these issues yourself. They can tend to be black and white. So one thing you can do is go to the Ministry of Labor website, print off the uh, information there about overtime, and show that to your employer. Once your employer realizes, oh, wait a second, we have to pay that, that may resolve it. Uh, the other thing you may be able to do is direct your employer to contact the Ministry of Labor to find out that what you're saying is true, uh, that, that you are owed overtime. Because sometimes employers in good faith believe that they don't know it, so you have to educate your employer. So those are a couple of ways that you can resolve overtime issues on your own. Now, if you tried that and it still didn't work, get time to get me involved. 
But remember, overtime, if you work more than 44 hours a week, uh, you get paid time and a half, even if you're on a salary, even if the company didn't ask you to do it, even if the company frankly said, don't do it, but you had to do it to get the job done, the company has to pay overtime, John. Somebody right now on salary is going, okay, you, I'm a salaried employee, number one, I didn't realize I get overtime, but how is it calculated? So whatever the weekly salary is, whatever you make in a week, let's say I don't know, it's $1,000, you divide that by 44, that gives you an hourly rate, and one and a half times that is your overtime rate that you get over 44 hours a week. Very simple. With a calculator, you can do that in 20 seconds flat. We'll take a short break, get back to more of this in your phone calls. John, I see you there. Hang on the line. Don't go anywhere. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And uh, lots more on the way. The Wednesday night edition of the Employment Hour, Global News Radio. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Or if uh, you prefer, one 225 talk That number is toll-free. Workplace problems you can try to resolve yourself. We'll get to more of those here in just a couple minutes. First, the phone calls always top priority john thank you for hanging on through the break good evening good evening sirs how are you i'm not too bad how about you good pal what uh what do you got going on tonight what's happening okay so i have a interesting situation so i've been working with the company for about 25 years about so 10 11 years ago they stopped paying vacation time on commission uh, we were bought out approximately, well, just over a year ago, last June, and the company that has bought us out has realized that they should be paying us uh, vacation on the commission because we work regular hours, we have to report into the office, uh, et cetera, so we're not considered uh, salespeople, um, you know, that have really no connection to the company. Now, the new company that has purchased us, they have realized that they are supposed to pay that commission, uh, uh, the vacation time on the commission, and are just about to start this paycheck. My question is, can I go back on previous years? The answer is absolutely yes, John. Of course, you can uh, go back. And, and here's the thing, because you probably would have had no way of knowing that you were owed that money. You can could potentially go back quite a few years. Now, it's possible, depending on the type of sale between the two companies, it's possible that this company, the new one, is only liable for the time that you've worked for them. And, and you, you would have to go up against the old company to recover money from them uh, for outstanding vacation pay. But that aside, yes, you can go back. Now, one way to, to do this, if the company refuses, is to let me send them a letter. Usually, that would kind of give them the kick in the pants that they need to, to, to do what they're supposed to. But yes, if you're owed that money, at a minimum, you should be able to go back two years and potentially much more than that as well. So uh, yes, uh, but let me help you, John. Uh, let me uh, reach out to me after the show. Let's sit down and talk about it. And potentially, over time, this could be a lot of money that you and, and your colleagues are owed. Yes, I will contact you tomorrow. Thank you. Sounds great. Thanks, John. Good call. Smart call. You see what a call to this radio station during the show can do. It can, uh, well, it can earn you money that you're owed. How about that? 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell one triple eight two two five. talk That is toll-free for the uh, remainder of this hour. Workplace problems that you can try and resolve yourself and how to do it. Next one up is changes your hours or days of work. That's right. When an employer does not have 
the right to change your your uh, terms of employment, whether those are your hours, your your role, your responsibilities, etc. So when it comes to uh, you know days uh, of work and and those types of changes, well, the the simplest way to deal with it is to simply not agree to it uh, and and right. say no, I'm not doing that. Here's the thing: an employer can't physically make you do something, right? So if you tell them no, I'm not going to do it. They may have the option to let you go, but they have to pay full severance. The other thing you can do is you can file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor in, in some situations. Bottom line is this. Education does go a long way. Just like I said before with respect to overtime, you can often educate your employer about these types of changes. Uh, I can provide you some, some materials to have them read so they understand that they can't do it. Uh, there's a number of things that you can do to, to get your employer to understand that they don't have a right to change the terms of your employment. If they still try to do that, if still all the logic that you've tried to impart on them uh, doesn't register, let me do it. Again, sometimes, as I said to the previous caller, a letter from me is, is a kick in the pants. It, it's informative and educational and resolves it. But as a first step, you absolutely can and should try to educate your employer about their inability to change the terms of your employment. Again, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell to uh, call in, ask your questions. That's uh, why we're here Monday, Wednesdays, weekends, all over the map. Uh, Paul from Stouffville, I think. Paul, how are you? Good evening. Hey, how are you tonight? Good, Paul. What's going on, pal? Not much. I just got a question for Leo there on the overtime part. So I work for a landscape kind of construction company, and they've always told us that because we're in the landscape side, horticultural, which has a relation to the agricultural side, that they didn't have to pay us overtime after the 44. Um, and there's quite a few people in our company that put in the 50 or 60 hours in a week. Yeah, and, and, and unfortunately, or, or fortunately, depending on their perspective, there are a number of exceptions and exemptions when it comes to overtime, and that is one of them in the agri- agricultural field, uh, and, and also in construction, depending on your uh, industry, that there are exceptions to it. So in your situation, from the sounds of it, it does sound like you're, you're in one of those positions that ex- is exempt from overtime. You know, other positions okay. could be uh, IT professionals and, uh, uh, you know, roofers, etc. But beyond that, uh, yeah, you're, you're probably exempt. So they're uh, they're right on this, Paul. They are. Eh? So even though we do do some construction work and have a tie to the construction part, it still falls under an exemption. Yeah, construction would also be exempt in most cases. So so it does sound like you're okay. in an exempt position either way. Uh, so so no, it doesn't apply to you, unfortunately, Paul. All right. Well, thanks. Have a great night. You too. Paul, I uh, appreciate the call. Thanks, pal. You want to reach out any further, by the way, Lior's number, uh, when the show's not on, one 821 5900 is the way to go. There's help at employmenthour.com as well. Uh, in the meantime, talking about your workplace problems that you can try to resolve yourself, there's always the option to call the firm, get a hold of Lior and his team if it doesn't uh, pan out for you. Another one on our list is this, receiving an unfairly negative performance review or your employer complains that you're not doing a good job. How often Absolutely. does that happen? Yeah, it, it does often. And uh, people call me all the time with issues about performance reviews or uh, being put on a performance improvement plan, also known as a PIP. Well, if that happens to you and it's legitimate, fine. Okay, I guess you don't have to do anything. But in many yeah. cases, you don't agree with it. In many cases, you don't think it's legitimate or that it's not done in good faith. Well, if that's the situation, right. you can do something about it. You can resolve it. And the way you do that is you simply 
put it in writing to the company why you disagree, why it's wrong, what information that they're missing. The reason you want to do that is because by doing that, you're going to make it almost impossible for the company to rely on that to let you go for cause. Ultimately, what a company often does when they put you on a performance improvement plan or give you a negative performance review is they're trying to build up a case to let you go for cause. So you don't want to just sit there and be quiet because that's accepting it. So you, you're, you're essentially playing into the company's hands in that situation. You make it easier for them to let you go for cause if you say nothing. So you don't say nothing. You say something in writing, why you disagree, why uh, the information is not complete, whatever it is, you put that in writing. And by doing that, you're preserving your rights. You're, you're uh, making sure that the company can't just pull the trigger on a termination for cause. That's what you have to do. And, and if you're not sure how to do it, or you want some help with that, by all means, reach out to me. But that is an easy way to fix that problem, to deal with it. And I've, I've spoken about this before, and many people have done this successfully. So don't ever hesitate to do that. Yeah, you got to wonder at that point, there's, they're, you know, they're circling the wagons, just working on getting you out of there possibly, right? So you want to make sure you hedge your bets and, and nip in the bud. If I could use any more metaphors in one break, that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that, but that, that's, that's exactly right. And you also don't want to count your chickens before they're hatched. Then uh, two birds <laughs> are right. better than one. Well, in case, you get the idea. Whatever. Uh, yeah. But one no, in the bush. But, yes, that's correct. <laughs> one in the bush and three in the, in the tree. Uh, but at it, it, the end of the day, the, the, the reality is, that, yes, the company is trying to uh, put themselves in the situation to perhaps let you go for cause. Now, if it's legitimate, then it's legitimate. But if it's not, or if it's not accurate, say so. By doing that, you you essentially wipe out the uh, the, the company's ability to rely on it, and that's what you want to do. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the way, one 225 talk That is toll-free. Workplace problems you can try and resolve yourself. That's why we're doing this on this particular show to uh, to give you the head start. If not, you can always reach out. Another one is your employer giving you a hard time when you need to take time off for medical reasons. Yes, uh, I see this very often. You need to take time off. Your employer either doesn't want you to, refuses, uh, threatens you, puts limits mm-hmm. on how long you can be off. Well, this is easy. Okay, this is an easy, easy one to deal with it because you have the the trump card, and the trump card is your doctor. So you, all you right. need to do is go to your doctor, get a doctor's note that outlines that you need to be off, whether it's for a day, for a week, for a month, or maybe it's indefinite, uh, without a definite return date. Provide that to your employer and walk away. Okay, that's really all you need to do. Your employer can't say, we don't agree with it. Your employer can't say, well, too bad, we don't accept it. It doesn't work that way. Once you have a doctor saying that you cannot work for medical reasons, your employer has to allow you to take that time off, even if it's extensive, okay, even if it's for a long period of time. So that's the easy way to resolve it. What you don't want to do is tell your employer, oh, I'm going to need to be off for medical reasons and not provide that doctor's note, okay? If you do that, the company is going to be able to say no or is going to be able to discipline you if you're off. You have to provide that medical note that is the shield that protects you, that protects your job, that gives you that security. So once you provide that doctor's note, you're fine. And if your employer tr- lets you go anyway or does anything like that, man, that's a human rights violation. That's so illegal. It's, it's going to really be a huge problem for the employer. Get that doctor's note. You can do that yourself. Easy to resolve that issue. And side note to that one, if your employer says, okay, you need to be off, what's wrong with you? They can't ask that, can they? No. 
uh, that that is an important one, and I actually dealt with this earlier this week. No, your employer cannot ask and, and, and cannot demand information about your specific medical condition. It's irrelevant as, as far as your employer is concerned, whether you have a bad back or you're suffering from depression or you broke your arm, okay? It does not matter. The only thing that matters is can you work, can you not work, and what accommodation you do you need? So if your employer tries to get information from you about your medical condition, about your treatment, about your medication, you can and you should say, no, I'm not providing that. That's irrelevant. It does not matter. Your employer cannot demand that. So that's, they can ask prognosis, not diagnosis, correct? Is that a That's good way what to put we call it. it. Yeah. yeah. Prognosis yeah. is tell me about your ability to work, how long you may be unable to work, et cetera. Diagnosis is what is the medical condition. That is something that they cannot ask for, Johnny. Workplace problems, you can try to resolve yourself. And I know this one happens all the time. Uh, you know, employers try to finagle you out of there and they say, you've been told that you should resign. <laughs> well, this is very easy to resolve on your own. If you're told you should resign or we expect you to resign or where's your resignation letter, your answer is going to be no, I'm not resigning. Right. Do not resign unless it's something you want to do voluntarily, unless it's something that you want to do because you, know, you found another job or you don't want to work, there. whatever it is, that's fine. If someone demands your resignation, no, that is not something that obliges you to resign. Let them let you go. The reason why that's important is if you resign, even though they told you, the company may say, hey, you resign. We don't have to pay you any severance. Why would you do that? Never, ever do that. If the company doesn't want you to work there, let them let you go so that you can get your full severance. So again, how do you deal with this? Company says, uh, we expect your resignation. The answer is, no, I'm not resigning. If you want to change my employment status employer, that's up to you, but I am not resigning. Very clear, very simple. Uh, and put the onus on them to do something. Don't play into a company's hands that tries to avoid paying you severance. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Still got lots of time for you to call in, ask your questions, get to uh, to Gino here. Hey, Gino, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Yeah. Listen, uh, right, I, got, I was talking to another gentleman. I worked with a very bad car accident about five years ago. And the company, the insurance company asked my, that we have violated, my, the insurance company asked my employer, I can go back to work, but I can't do the same job. I have to have a, a light duty job. And he turned around while he was nasty about it and uh, wake up, said, no, I don't want him back. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. I don't know what, what the situation is. I asked my, I, I do have a lawyer. Uh, on the uh, thing, but that's not his department. He said you don't know nothing about this kind of stuff. So, Gino, how long ago uh, was this? When did uh, the company say we don't want you back? Oh, I was on uh, an accident about a year, year and a half, two years, about three years ago. And uh, I didn't, I never knew, I didn't know that I was entitled to anything. Until but I, but, I, but until the accident was about three years ago. But when oh. did you when did you try to come back to work? Uh, I tried to go back. To, no, the accident was about five years ago. I tried to go back to work about three years ago. So, you know, I, I, unfortunately, this may be a situation where you're out of time. Okay, because yeah, you, the, the, there's a two-year limitation period. Now, have you received anything from the company? A record of employment, a letter of termination, anything? I letter of termination, everything. You, you've received that one? Yeah. So, so they they did officially terminate your employment. Yes. Okay, and so and that happened about three years ago. Yeah. 
So, Gino, unfortunately, you you, you are out of time, uh, and that's you you obviously had significant entitlements. Then, not only would that have been a wrongful dismissal, but this also would have been a human rights violation. Uh, but because we are now talking about three years, you said, "God, I hate to say this, but we are out of time. We're not able to do anything about it." Okay, uh, so I just wanted to know. I was looking to the show, and uh, that's why I called. Well, I, I wish I could help you. I really, and it wouldn't have been difficult. But at this point, uh, Gino, because we're three years past, uh, it, it's something that uh, that can't be done. I'm really sorry to say that. Gino, appreciate the call. But moving forward, if it uh, another situation like that would ever arise, make sure you write the number down and call it a lot sooner. That number one eight five five eight two one. 5,900 to reach out, get a hold of Lior in time, right? That's what you want to remember. Uh, Pete, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Good. What's going on? I, I drive truck for a living, and uh, the company I work for right now is, uh, you know, sometimes they'll have me go in the office and they'll do the dispatch stuff during the day, which is fine. Uh, but sometimes they're asking me, bugging me to go in and, and do the dock work at night, and I don't want to be doing that end of it. I was hired as a driver. Um so I don't know if by doing the dispatch thing, am I screwing myself over with with the dock side of it? No, no, you, you're not. Uh, if you can agree to do the dispatch and not agree to do the the dock stuff, the problem is if you've already been doing it for a while, it may be difficult to say now. Uh, company, you don't have a right to make me do it. But if it's something you haven't been doing, you absolutely have a right to say no, and and. That, that doesn't give them any cause to discipline you. It could potentially lead to a constructive dismissal. You don't have to do it unless, of course, you've been doing it for a while, uh, in which case, unless there's a medical reason now not to do it, you may be stuck. Right. Like it's, it's, it's been on like a, a fill-in type basis when the regular guy is off or something. Uh, last time, I kind of helped them out because of they were in a real bad time with the owner having a stroke and everything, right? Right. Uh, but they know I don't want to do it. I've been pretty clear about that. Uh, you know, so then it's, it, it doesn't happen very often. It's just, I don't want to be, you know, hey, can you, can you work the dock tomorrow night? <laughs> and, and, you know, now you got to go in at 10 o'clock at night and work till 8 o'clock the next morning, right? That's yeah, no, I, I agree. So I, I think you've done the right thing, and I think you should you should make it clear again and put it in writing that, as I've told you before, you know, I, I may help you in an emergency if I'm available, but I'm not otherwise going to do the, the dock work. And if they ask you to come in, you you are within your right speed to say no. Uh, and anything that they try to do to discipline you for saying no, that would be inappropriate, and you should give me a call. But I would send a note, to email, if, if it works very very well, reminding them that you've already told them that you don't want to do the dock work, that, and then moving forward, you, you, you don't plan on doing it. Pete, appreciate the call. I'm going to move on here, get to uh, to Jim, if my mouse would just work there. There we go. Hi, Jim. Good evening. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks. How are you guys? Good. What's uh, What's going on with you? Um, I was employed as a dump truck driver uh, for a seasonal job, okay? So for four seasons, I worked, got laid off in the winter, uh, and then they couldn't get insurance coverage for me uh, because of my, well, my driving record, um, and they let me go and no severance. So uh, I went to them, and because listening to the show, I thought I deserved, or I thought I was entitled to some severance, and they followed up with Employment Canada and said 
that I wasn't. So uh, I just want I just want to make sure that I, I I'm not entitled to something that I'm not getting. Sure, Jim. So so here's how this works. Uh, I, because you're you were uninsurable because they couldn't employ you, right? Not not because right. of something that they did, because of something yeah. that happened outside of their control. Uh, because of that, this is a situation that we call frustration of contract. In other okay. words, it's impossible to employ you anymore. Because of that, they do not owe severance. Now, if they simply decided, hey, you know, we, we don't want to have Jim work here, we're going to hire someone else, they absolutely would have owed you severance, potentially as much as six months of, of wages. But in the situation where they can't employ you, you're simply not able to drive the, the dump truck anymore. Uh, it's a frustration of contract and, and no severance is owed. Okay, that's cool. Uh, that answers my question and I'm satisfied with that. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate your time and the call. We've still got a couple minutes to go here. Let's just uh, maybe get through an email here. Jordan says, uh, my boss keeps threatening me that I am going to be fired. I also have emails from him saying that I am on the chopping block. This stresses me out beyond belief. What can I do about it? Well, yeah, no kidding. It stresses him out. It would stress me out. I'm sure it would stress anyone out if your boss keeps telling you, you, you know, we're, we're going to let you go. You're on the chopping block or your yeah. job is not secure. Now, here's the thing. Even if the boss has a legitimate reason, uh, in other words, he did something that, that, that was wrong, you, you can't do that. You can't employ someone that way. It creates a work environment that's very difficult. It's a poison work environment now. No one's going to be productive when they're being told they're on the chopping block. You know, like you, you can't operate that way. So here's the thing. By putting him in that situation, by, by treating him this way, by, by threatening him this way, that's actually a termination believe it or not. Uh -huh. That is a constructive dismissal. Creating a situation that makes it difficult for the employee to continue working is a constructive dismissal. So they're threatening to let you go. By doing that, they've let you go. So he has an option. He can continue in this situation and see what happens, or he can say enough is enough. He can treat his employment as being terminated now and leave with his severance. Okay, And that's what I probably would recommend rather than continue working in that difficult situation. What should that have uh, what should have happened rather than threatening this guy say you're quote unquote on the chopping block? How should they have handled this realistically? Well, the employer should have sent a letter saying here's what you've done wrong. We expect for you, for you to improve. And if you don't, then there's going to be further further discipline. That's how you deal with it. No. You don't tell someone they're on the chopping block, send them emails telling them, "Hey, shape up or else." It doesn't work that way. You have to do things professionally. Tell someone exactly what the expectations are. You know, put reasonable uh, measures and deadlines in place. Uh, you can't just willy-nilly send emails threatening someone's job. Get to Benjamin quick. You're going to have a minute to go. Benjamin writes in, says, I was told uh, this week that I have to sign a new employment agreement and that if I don't sign it in a week, I will be fired. What can they do? What can I do? Well, here's the thing. They can let you go for not signing it, but they have to pay severance. Now, right. that may be better than signing it. By signing it, you may be giving up rights that you have, including rights to future severance. So let me see the agreement. Let me see what it says. In most cases, when your employment employer comes to you and asks you to sign an employment agreement out of the blue, that is bad news, that there are things in that agreement that are bad for you. You don't want to sign it. Let me see it. You may be better off losing this job, getting your full severance, 
than signing it, losing your job six months later, and at that point getting no severance or very little severance. So don't just sign it. Let me see it. Let me tell you what it means, and we could decide what to do about it. Because if Benjamin goes ahead and signs it, he's got to live by it, right? If you sign it, you have to live with it. That is always words of, of wisdom. Uh, and, and again, rather than kind of talk hypothetically, I'd like to see it. Let me see the mm-hmm. agreement. I can tell you in 60 seconds flat what it means and whether you should be worried about it. And once you have that information, you'll know whether to sign, whether or not, and what happens if you don't. Benjamin, you know the email address. You've used it already. Send over that agreement to Lior Help at employmenthour.com. We're done for the night. You want to call through afterwards, get a hold of Lior and talk. On your own time, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. If you haven't tried it yet, try it. SeverancePayCalculator.com. It'll tell you what you are owed. We're back here on the weekend shows and, of course, Employment Hour and 30 on Global TV, CTV on Saturday and Sunday mornings. We have got this sucker covered. Till next time, Employment Hour is done.